And if you have your Bibles, uh, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4 this morning. Nehemiah chapter 4. And uh, I'm kind of coming close to bringing Nehemiah to a close. I've uh, kind of been preaching on Nehemiah for the last couple weeks. And, um, you know, and I feel like there's a few, uh, few other things that I would like to really, you know, highlight uh, today out of the Word of God that, that I feel that, you know, will be beneficial for you. And, uh, as, you know, as we study, as we're in the Word of God, I, I'm telling you, you can begin to see just, uh, you can begin to see where the enemy, uh, you, know, uh, you know, even hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, you know, the same play, the same, the th- same thing that he has tried to do with God's people, you know, even at the time of Jesus Christ, his death, his, his burial, his resurrection, it's the same thing. And you can even see that today. And uh, not to give light to the enemy because God's people win. Amen. You guys with me on that? We win. I I know the ending of the story. We win. Praise God. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Sanballat was very angry when he had learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage, and he mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, Why does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day, but but just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something out of stones from rubbish heap? And charred one at at that. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, The stone wall would collapse if even a fox were along the top of it. Then I prayed. And this is powerful. you got to understand the importance of prayer. And this this is what Nehemiah says. Then I prayed. Everybody say, when I pray. So we're praying. We're in a time of prayer and fasting right now. It says, Hear us, O God, for we are being mocked. May their scuffing fall back on their own heads, and may they they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people work with enthusiasm. Father, I pray, even today you know lord even today as we were singing you know your kingdom come father i pray that lord even right now we we uh, you know our eyes are set that the kingdom of god will be established on earth and i pray lord for your children i pray that god this would be an hour and this would be a time that father that we that we grab a hold of the promises of god that we see the importance father of contending in faith and father i pray god your word says that you confer to us a kingdom may we have a kingdom mindset May we, may we even leave here today with a kingdom mindset that, God, that we're going to continue, no matter what, to advance the kingdom of God in every way, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, just to give you some background, if you're just kind of jumping in, you know, Nehemiah chapter 1. You know, Nehemiah was in a place where, you know, uh, he was the king's cupbearer. And, you know, so what that meant was that he had access to the king. He, 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 was, the, he was the one that drank the wine before the king drank the wine. You know, because he had to have a taste tester because nobody wanted the king to die. So he would drink the wine before the king would drink the wine. But, you know, one of the greatest privileges he had as a cupbearer was it put him in the presence of the king. And, you know, and, and, that, and that, that was a position of honor. You know, keep in mind, Nehemiah was a Jew. The king was not a Jew. So it put him in the presence of the king. But Nehemiah asked this question, 
a very specific question. How are my people doing? And I want to go back to this because it's so important that even as we're, we're being, we digest what's going on today, you know, you can see the parallel of everything that's happening, even, even then to where it is now. But he asked this question, how are my people doing? And then he found out the report was my people aren't good. You know, they've been let out of captivity, but, you know, the, the, the temple, you know, they, they, they rebuilt the temple. But even out of, you know, and I believe it's in Ezra chapter 2, they, they rebuilt the temple. And the younger people, and we were talking about this the other day, and I realized that we never brought it up. But the younger people rejoiced that the temple was built, but the older people were crying. They, they were crying and they were sad because I'm sure the temple wasn't quite what it used to be. So, you know, here you have this picture of, Nehemiah finding out that, you know, my, my people are suffering. My people are not in a good place. My, you know, and, and you know, but I'm in the, I'm in the, the chamber of, of, of the king. I, you know, things are good. But from this point, what he does is he begins to pray. He begins to pray. He begins, he begins to talk and he begins to communicate with God. You know, it's why we called even two weeks ago, and I think we're coming up into, into the third week, you know, a time of prayer and fasting that, that, you know, even just setting a meal aside, setting two meals aside, maybe a three-day fast, maybe a one-day fast, to set time aside to pray and fast right now because that's God, God moves in our dedication. Do you understand that when we pray, we should expect answers? And that's exactly what happened with Nehemiah. Nehemiah was praying, and and we understand the time period. He was praying for four months. So even at the end of this four months, he, 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 he come before the king. And the king looks at him and says, why are you so sad, Nehemiah? Why, why are, what's going on? Why are you so sad? And Nehemiah said, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the city. It, you know, he, didn't even, he didn't even say Jerusalem. Because, you know, even understand that even historically, even at that point, the Jewish people weren't a popular people. They were oppressed. They were, they, were, they, were, they were moved all over the place. They were exiled into different locations. So the Jewish people weren't even very popular. But he, he, had, he, had, he said, my people, my, you, know, uh, you, you know, there's just destruction and there's all this stuff going on with my people right now. And, you know, the king says, well, what, what can I do for you? What, what, must, what, what can I do for you? He said, well, I'd like to go back to my people. I'd like to go back and, you know, help my people. And that kind of, you know, just even just a little bit of background. And that brings us to, to, to Nehemiah chapter 4. Because Nehemiah basically gets the orders from the king. He gets the permission from the king. You know, he even has access to the timber in the forest. And, you know, you, know, you have access to the things that the king has access to. Can I tell you, even just understand something there. There's a favor that God's people can walk in. There's a favor that God's people can have, that God will bring you before kings and queens. Amen? I mean, I believe that, that God can bring you before a governor. Amen? I prayed one time that, the, that God would do that, and I, and I had a meeting with, uh, with Governor Bob Wise many years ago. Some of you guys don't know who he is. He was a governor in West Virginia, but I, I was praying about a certain situation. And, you know, and, and at that point in time, nobody wanted to talk to the governor. But I said, I'll do it. I, I had prayed about it. I'll, I'll talk to the governor, and it was, it was over family and children issues. I want to go meet with him. I want to talk with him about, about the work we're doing and how important it is. And I got that meeting, and you know, what's great about that, even from that point, our funding was restored double. We, we were going to lose all the money, but our funding was restored. because we. Anyway, that's, that's a long story. But see, what God does is he will bring you before people. He will do that, and that's exactly what he did. You know, so we move over to Nehemiah chapter 4. And, uh, 
You know, just before I, I get into it, one of the things that, that I, that I want to explain, I hope I can get through some all this today, but, you know, one of the things that, that, that I, I want you guys to see and understand, you know, what you follow, what, what you're following after now matters. You know, you know, one of the things that you see happening in, in, a, in a lost world is people, will, they will follow whatever appears to look good. What, whatever, whatever, whatever direction maybe the wind is blowing, that's where people will end up sometimes. And, you know, one of the things that I'll say about Nehemiah, one of the things that you can see early on was Nehemiah was a leader. He, he actually came and he actually came and he rallied his people. He was a strong leader. And he had learned that through, through a time of study, through a time of prayer. And I believe that. And I believe that even four months prepared him prepared him to go before the king, but even in that time of four months of praying and fasting, what I believe that it did was it prepared him for leadership. You know, sometimes people think that, you know, you know, it's good to be under leaders, and I'm thankful that I have great leaders speaking into my life, but it's important that you understand that right now, that you have people that can speak into your life, people that, that can, can help you get to where you need to go, amen, to be encouraged in the Word, to have somebody prophesy over you, amen. Isn't it great when you feel encouraged by something, or, you know, you feel encouraged by, by, by somebody speaking into your life? I, and I, I know I'm encouraged by that. Amen. You know, and Jesus said this real quick, and I, I want to point out because I felt like the Lord was showing me real quick. Let's go to let's go to uh, Matthew twenty four, because I want to I want to I want to just touch base on this because, you know, one of the things that you you understand that there there are a lot of voices right now. That 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 are speaking into what we should or should not do. And I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we don't we're we're not in a place of obedience. It's like me driving down the road, and if I'm running 110 mile an hour and get pulled over by a cop, guess what? I could get a fine, right? So, so I, un I understand that. Yeah, I, under I understand that I, <laughs> I specifically could actually have to pay a fine if, if I'm speeding. But, but, you know, understand something. You know, Jesus was very clear in, in what he said, and I have to point you to what the Word of God says because I feel like, you know, even today, you know, as I was, in, as I was reading this, the Lord brought even Matthew 24 to me. Look at Matthew 24, 4. Because you, you understand something. We need to look for strong leaders right now. We need to, our eyes need to be, on, uh, be upon people that we can follow. Because we're living in such a day where, where the noise of, of, of the world is, is, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus told them, he said, do not let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. So you have to understand that the day and time in which we're living in, that many people will come saying these things and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. Are we hearing any of that today? So, so understand, please understand the time in which I'm talking about. Very clear here. You will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. What's the Bible say? The Bible says don't panic. So listen, even right here, the children of God are given, given a, a, a Don't panic. These th the, you're going to hear of this. Don't panic. 
Can, can I tell you that for the children of God? God is always in a place of giving us something where we, don't, where, we, where we choose not to have to walk in fear. We don't have to fear. The Bible says don't panic. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm warning you, but don't panic. Yet these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. So these things must take place. Nations will go to war against nations. Okay? Yeah, I, I get that. In kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with much more to come. So please, please understand. 2,000 years. This thing has been in motion. This thing has been in motion. But now, now even right here, one of the things that you can clearly see is these birth pains. These, these birth pains, these things that we see happening in America today. You know what? You know, with, with a, when a lady is pregnant, you know, when, when my wife get pregnant the first time, I, you know, I thought about this the other day, you know, because she was in labor 14, 14 hours the first time. Was that right? 12, close, 14, 12, 14. You know, and it was like that whole process was, you know, she was kind of chill, you know, at the first part of that, you know, the, the, her giving birth to a baby. And, you know, it was like, you know, she had got up and I was still asleep. And she was like, you know, I, I'm in labor. We're going to have to go to the doctor very soon. You know, she's real calm. I'm not. I'm like, I, I get up and I'm like, I got, I got to run. I got to get the bag. I got to get, you know, what she's going to have a baby. And she was like, you, you need to chill out. This thing's not coming right now. It's, it's going to be a little bit. You, you, you need to understand. I'm, I'm my labor. I'm, I'm measuring my contractions. You know, and, and so th this is what's going on. And so, I, you know, but not me. I'm, I'm all, you know, it's, it's, we're having a baby. You know, we got to have everything's right. we got to have everything perfect. You know, you know, I'm running around trying, you know. And she had already been up, I think, for maybe an hour and a half. You know. So we get to the doctor. And the doctor says, well, we're going to go ahead and keep her. And we're going to induce labor and, 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 you know, she'll have a baby. And, you know, and I'm thinking at that point she's going to have a baby any minute. You know, because that, that's what you, she's going to have a baby. See, I, you know, I didn't understand the process. And I want to say this because you have to clearly understand. Most people don't understand the process or the time in which we're living in. But Jesus said, as, as the day of the Lord approaches and appears, these things are going to come closer together. And that's exactly what you're seeing today. You're actually seeing that. And, you know, and I feel like the, the importance of understanding that even out of Nehemiah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like we can't be deceived. And see, that's what Nehemiah was saying to his people. We, you know, we're, we understand this way back here has the same thing to do with where we're at today. We can't be deceived. We can't be deceived by what the enemy uh, throws at us. We can't be deceived by a cousin or an uncle that has an opinion about what the Bible says, but have never been in church. Never have really learned anything. And I'm not, try, I'm not downplaying your uncle. Maybe he's a scholar in the Word. But listen, what we, what we listen to right now is going to be so critical. You know, and, and if you're trying to get Bible doctrine and Bible philosophy off of, uh, off of ABC, NBC, CBS, or Fox News, I, that's not where you're going to get it right now. You're going to get an answer. You're going to get answers that the world has to offer. Because, you know, and understand something. As, a, as children of God, we're... we're <laughs> You know, we're, we're truly not of this world. We're truly not of this world. I got to come out of Matthew 24. I just stay there the rest of the time. So let's go back to uh, let's go back to Nehemiah real quick. Nehemiah chapter four. 
So listen, guys, it's important what you follow. It's important what you follow. It's important what you follow. You know, I said this the other night, Matthew 12, 30, uh, you know, Matthew 12, 33, and some of you might have wrote it down. You know, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. If, there's, if, if the tree is bad, there will be bad fruit. If the tree is good, there will be good fruit. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, the Lord showed me early on, even in my Christian walk, was to examine someone's fruit. You, you know whether there's good fruit or bad fruit a lot of times. You, you, you can see that. You can see whether somebody's producing good fruit or somebody's producing bad fruit. So that's one of the ways that you know what to follow. You know, you, you, you can see, hey, you know, they're, they're true to their word. I mean, that's like one of the things that we've said early on, even as a church. We're, we're not just a church that are going to be contained to four walls. Some, some churches can preach that and say that, but our actions dictate that. So that, that's one of the things about it. We can say, well, I can stand up here and preach to you. You know, we're going to go out and we're going to do this and we're going to have evangelism teams. But you know what? If we never have an evangelism team, if we never go out, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of coming against the very word or something that I believe in. Amen. So, so you know, we have fruit in that. You know, it, you know, not as much as I would like. I'll be honest. I mean, you know, we've seen 400 and some salvations this year. It's not as much as I like. Because we understand something even right now. That there, there is a lost and dying word. People, people are going to go to hell. We are the ones that carry the gospel in this hour. So you, we have to understand the importance. You know, even today during, during the time of worship, you know one of the things I was praying for? I, I'm praying for souls, but I'm praying for disciples. I, I'm, I'm, we miss it. We miss it if we don't disciple them, guys. I'm praying for disciples. So, you know, having these young kids here with us today, praise God. Having visitors today, praise God. You know, we, we need disciples. You know why we need disciples is because we need more people to have that power living inside of them to be able to go out and tell people, you need to come to church with me today. You need to hear about Jesus. You need to, you know, there, there's a real God. Do you know what, Matthew, you know, even, even just open Matthew 24, you don't even have to be a scholar to show somebody Matthew 24. They maybe have, have only heard one thing about God in their life, but if you show them Matthew 24, they'll be looking around and say, yeah, that, that, this is what's going on. Yeah, this, this is real, huh? Yeah, this is real. This is what, this is what the Bible prophesied. This is, these were the very words of Jesus. The very words of Jesus. You know, the builders in Nehemiah needed someone to follow. The builders needed someone to follow. They needed somebody that was going to advocate. They needed someone that was going to stand up for them. They needed somebody that was prayed up. They needed somebody that had been fasting. They needed somebody that was going to say, you know what, we're going to continue to advance. We're going to continue to build these walls, even when the enemy comes. And that's one of the things that I want to point out today, because it's one of the most important pieces that you have to understand, that as a believer, trials, things in life will come. And how you respond will determine where you're going to end up a lot of times. Is everybody with me on that? So has anybody ever faced a trial in here? You know, I, I, I mean, so we understand that trials will come. Things will come. And, and, and watch this. This is very interesting. You know, Sanballat. He said this. He said, what does, these, what, what does these poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? 
What, what do they think they, just, you know, if they, if they offer up sacrifices, do they think they can build these walls any faster? Isn't that like the world? Who do these Christians think they are? Who, you know, and, and to understand even Matthew 24, th there can be levels of persecution coming against the church. Okay, I get that too. But who, you know, and then Nehemiah, what, who, are, who do these Jews think they are? See, you, you're, you're going to meet resistance when you, when you step out and do something for the kingdom of God. And so, you know, we can't be surprised. And, you know, maybe, that, maybe it's not just a new message that you need to hear today, but you need to understand. It's like, it's like, it's like being in the house of God. It's like coming to church. Have you ever met resist, resistance and trying to get out the door to make it to church? Yes, I have. Many times. I can tell you that even, even as a pastor, you can walk into a, you can, <laughs> you, I'm going to laugh. You can walk into a service and think, man, Lord, I, I'm not sure about this word today. You know, Lord, help me, help me. I need help. And it's like your, your mind's running a hundred mile an hour. You know, Lord, I, you know, even today, I need help with this. Because even, even in the message today as I was praying, I, I, Matthew 24 was jumping all over the page. And I said, well, Lord, you're showing me this for a reason. Someone needs to hear this. Someone needs to hear this today. So I'm being obedient to, to, to deliver the word of God. But you have to understand, even no matter what, throughout history, the enemy will always try to throw something at you. The enemy will, will want to discourage you. And you know what? Discouragement will come through. It'll come through family. It'll come through friends. It, it, it will come from a variety of different places. Is everybody with me on that? So, so you, you know, and it's not, you know, it, it, you know, listen, and you have to, you have to understand where discouragement comes from. Discouragement, a lot of times, it, it, it comes, the source of discouragement to, to pull us out of something that we're doing here on earth is, is, is the enemy. There's a real enemy. So you recognize it's not your, it's not, it's not your family member. And see, so you have to, you know, it's like, you know, there's things that you have to understand. There's, you know, the enemy will, will bring about discouragement, will throw things at you. So you recognize the source of the discouragement. And, you know, the discouragement can flow through a person. You know, many of you know that we, when we entered the missions field, it was like, you know, there were very few people that were very, you know, that were encouraging us. You know, it's a great idea. You guys should go to the missions field. Praise God. We need more missionaries. It wasn't what we heard. It, it wasn't, you know, man, we want to support your ministry. We want to get behind you. And we did, we had, we had some, right? I mean, we know what missions is like, right? We, we understand. People find out you're going into the missions field. They, they think it's like, you know, um, they think you're going on vacation for two or three years. And let alone go to Hawaii. Try to go to, try to do missions in Hawaii. I mean, I heard it all. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's retiring in Hawaii. Yeah. One day. He's, he's you know, they're, they're moving. That, that's, so, you know, we, we heard all that discouragement. You know, you, you, you hear those things. You, you, hear, you, you hear all that. And it's like, you, and, then, and then there comes a point where you have to choose what you allow to come in. And that's why, and listen, that's why I even mentioned a little bit about leadership today. What you follow and what you listen to, because I had gotten to the place, even when we were getting ready to go in the missions field, I wouldn't talk to anybody. My wife, and that was it. Because, you know, there was just, there was, there was the beginning part of a separation, and I didn't understand it. And, you know, I wasn't grounded as, as near as I needed to be. There was just a separation. And, you know, and it was like, I, I, I didn't understand it. 
You know, spiritually, I didn't understand it. Physically, I didn't understand it. But I wouldn't talk to anybody. And I remember at one point, I had called, I had called one of the people that we were in partnership with in ministry. And, you know, and she, she just reminded me, and it clicked. Because, you know, all in the same time, we had a house fire. You know, four, four, four months before we go, three months before we go, our house burnt down. So, not burnt completely down, but it's like, that's, you know, that, you think that would throw you off, right? She stood in the driveway and laughed the whole time. I, I, I'm, I'm like, our house just caught on fire. We have no place to stay. I'm not, I don't want to stay with my mom. I didn't want to stay with my, you know, I, I love my parents. I love my mother-in-law. But, you know, I didn't want to stay with them. I want my own house. I want my own bed. I didn't want to stay with my mom, you know. She had four bedrooms. I didn't want this. Where am I going to sleep for four months? You know? That was the only thing that was really discouraging. You know, anyway, um, it was, was a bit of a discouragement because I didn't have a place to put my head. You know, because it, it's important. It's important, you know, it's important that you have a place to put your head. But, you know, that discouragement will come. Things will, will, will get thrown at you. And then, you know, the reality of it is you have a choice. You have a choice in the discouragement. Are you going to listen to the noise of the world? Are you, are you, are you, going, to, are you going to bow to the things that are being uh, spoken into your life? You're not going to be this. You're not going to do that. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never amount to anything. You'll, you'll never be a missionary. You'll never make it to the missions field. You know, even missionaries right now, because, you know, most of the countries are locked down. You can, if you got stuck in one country, you're there. You can't come out. I mean, we had friends just come out of Japan. But even, even two months ago... There was no travel out. If you left, there's no guarantee that you're going to get back. I know missionaries right now that are in locations they can't get out of. They chose to stay because they chose to answer the call of God. And see, that, that, those are decisions that we all, we all are faced with. So when discouragement comes, and listen, under, under, hear what I'm going to say today. Discouragement will come. So you, you understand that. Recognize the source of that discouragement. You're not at war with people. So you have to understand right at the very beginning, you're not at war with people. There's a real enemy that doesn't want the gospel of Jesus Christ to go out right now. He'll do everything he can do to keep people at bay. He'll have, you know, he'll have testing, everything, you know, this and that. And you're going to have to have a, you know, a, a COVID test to, to get, you know, even right now for me to get back into Hawaii, I got to have a COVID test. Or I get quarantined for 14 days. And now they're going to fine you $5,000 if, if, if you refuse to get the test. And, and you get caught out, they can throw you in jail for up to 14 months or fine you $5,000. That's to get back into Hawaii. See, I, I mean, but see, the gospel's got to be preached, right? So we pray. We pray. And even right now, we have people in Hawaii that are leading people to Christ. Amen? I just told him to bring some of them back the other day. I said, you know what? Uh, we got jobs. We'll find jobs for them. Just bring some of them back. Just, just bring them back. They need airfare. We'll, we'll pay. The, we'll pay their airfare. We'll get them home. Just whatever it takes. Let's, let's get them back here. Let's help them. Tobiah, this. Listen, Tobias, the the Ammonite. He was standing beside him, and he remarked, "The stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it." The, you know, the discouragement. You understand that that's the thing. There's, there's, there, there will be discouragement. How you choose to respond is truly up to you. And see, that's why your foundation, that's why, I mean, the very core of your foundation, you have to establish yourself as a believer. As, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to establish yourself. And say, no, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. I'm, I'm, you know, and maybe this is more of a message today to, for you to understand. 
Man, we're, we're all given a choice to choose Christ or not choose Christ. And, you know, and, and, and I pray and my prayer has been for people that, you know, that, that, that they don't have an unshakable faith, that people aren't easily persuaded. Because of the things that are, that are even coming out now, that people aren't easily persuaded by the things of this world. Because understand something, you know, in the Bible, in Matthew 24, and Jesus, one of the things about Jesus he's talking about is that, that, that a kingdom, a, a new kingdom is coming down. These things are going to happen, but then a kingdom is going to come down. It's God's kingdom. And I believe in reference to it, two things, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the millennial reign of Christ, that we have a time period with Christ here on earth a thousand years. Don't be persuaded. Listen, please, don't be persuaded by the noise of this world. You know, in Romans 4.21, it's, it's an interesting passage. And, and, and this is what the word was even around Abraham. And being fully persuaded that what he had purposed, he would also see it performed. And see, you know, un understand something. See, God, if you've had a word spoken over your life, if you, you've had... You, you, you've had you, you know, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going to be established. Abraham knew that he was the father of many nations. Why? Because God told him. See, God can give you a promise. God can give you something. And you have to hold on to what, what's been said, what's been spoken. You know, even, 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 you know, two or three weeks ago when we had the, you know, prophet Harkey here. You know, I remind people, listen to the word of the Lord that was spoken over you. Does it, does it confer with your spirit? Does it, does it line up with your spirit? Because, see, I believe that these are things that can come to pass in people's lives. Um, can I tell you, though, you, you may have to fight a little bit for it. You may have to fight for that word to come to pass. You know, you, you may have to get in there and you may just have to contend and keep fighting. Fighting for, the, for, for those things to come to pass. And God will do that. He will do that for you. You know, um... Fight the good fight of faith, Paul said, right? Fight that good fight of faith. You know, one of the things in Nehemiah chapter 4, and as, as I come down through this, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse five, 4 and 5, it says, Don't doubt in your heart that it isn't going to happen. He prayed. And listen, when we pray, we should expect God to move. And I said, this is what Nehemiah says. says, then I prayed, hear us, O God, for we are being mocked. May the scoffling fall back on their own heads. And may themselves become captains in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger. Here in front of the builders. You know, it's so important, and understand this even today. You, you know, having a continual prayer life, even when scoffing comes. Even when things, even when, when things get thrown at you, have a, have a prayer life. Have, be on guard. You know, what, what does a prayer life look like? You know, meeting with some people even over this week. It, it, it means a time that you can spend with God. You know, we have corporate prayer here. We, ha, we, we have corporate prayer, you know, five days, six days a week. You know, that's one form of prayer. But then there's an element of you spending time with God and talking to God. 
so that you can get answers for you, get answers for your family. Can I tell you that you can get answers for you and your family in a time of prayer, seeking God, carving off that time. You know, you ask many people, you know, what, what, you know how, how long do you pray? Well, you know, maybe a couple minutes, maybe five minutes. We're not conditioned. I, I, I wasn't. Can I be honest with you? I wasn't conditioned to know how to pray. You ask and then you get up and you, you start your day. And if God answers, great. If he doesn't answer, you know, it's, it's, it's still prayer. But I'm telling you, there's prayer that gets God's attention. There, there's a time that you can spend with the Lord. And Nehemiah understands something. He was doing something very special. He was rebuilding the walls. And I'm telling you, even right now, hear this, because we want to rebuild the walls of America. We want to see things shift in America. I truly believe prayer is the, is, is the peace. It's one of the main keys that we have to have instituted in our life, corporately and individually. And, you know, the, these are things that we can see as a repeat out of history, that when people pray, God moves. Daniel, what happened? God moved in his prayer. His life was spared. Could you imagine being thrown into a den with a bunch of lions? And guess what he did? He went to sleep. Woke up, and the king said, you're still alive. Wow, how, how's that possible? My God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Think about it. Throw it in a fiery furnace. Why? Because they wouldn't bow. What do we have happening in America today? Sports. Everybody taking a knee, bowing. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get the cause. I don't get that cause. I don't get the agenda. People, people bowing. You know, th this thing is much bigger than we know or we understand at this point. But listen, we've got to hold on to God. We've got to have a faith, an unwavering faith in God. You know, and not idolize the things of this world. Not idolize, you know, even sports. I like sports. So you understand something. I'm not against sports. I love college ball. This time, this coming time of the year is, is like my favorite time of the year coming back to being West Virginia. But I'm going to tell you, I have lost, I have lost interest in sports because of what it's becoming. Because, you know, anything that would stand in the way and come, come as an attack against the church, we should stand up. We should say, no, enough's enough. I, and I'm going to tell you, I love America. I love America, and I, I believe that this country is, is a great country. And I'm thankful for everything that we have and everything that's been established. And I'm telling you... <laughs> I know, I, know that I know a group of people that aren't going to bow. I know that. And it's really, it's really that simple. That I'm, I'm not bowing. I'm not bowing to the things of this world. I'm not bowing to the things of this world. You know, prayer is vital. Please, please hear this. Prayer is vital. The amount of time that you're spending with the Lord, the amount of time that you're talking with God, prayer is vital. Prayer is vital. It's a remarkable story. And I want to close with this today because even when discouragement comes, even when those things happen, and, and, and that happens in the next few chapters, in chapter 5, more discouragement come. You know, they actually had to guard the wall. While one, while one person worked, another person stood with a weapon. 
you know, we got to protect our people. So one person worked and, you know, another family would, would, would build the wall while another person protected. And they worked around the clock. And more discouragement came. You know what? And the thing about it is, even discouragement come from within. And that's one of the things about a remarkable story. Because see, even, even hear this, because it's important that you understand, there can be discouragement come from within. Even in the church, there can be, the, you're, you're meeting? I don't know if you should meet. I don't know if you should do this. I don't know. There can be discouragement come from, with, from within the house of God. And as they were building the walls, they were, they, were, they were getting further. They were moving to a place where they were coming to a completion of building the walls. Discouragement rises up within them. We can't continue to work. You know, uh, we've got bills to pay. Have we not heard that recently? I, I, I've got to take this chip. I'm, get, get, I've got to do this because I've got bills to pay. I need food for my family. I got to do this. And listen, guys, I, I don't, I'm, <laughs> we, please understand what I'm saying. We have to understand the time in which we're living in. But it's my family. It's this, it's that. So here was this discouragement coming from within the, with, within, within the Jewish people. And you know what Nehemiah did? He calls a meeting. He calls a meeting and he says, you know what, we, we, need, we, need, we need to come together. And I'm sure, you know, here you had a man that was praying. You had a man that was fasting. He brings the people together. And you know what they do? They begin to work some things out. Hey, we're not going to charge our people interest. We've got to get these walls built. You know, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of his house. I'm sure, you know, these were the things that were taking place. You know, it doesn't quite say it all there, but you know, I, I'm going to help my brother. I'm going to help my sister because see, I see a value. I see the importance of this, th that the walls of Jerusalem are going to get built. And see, that's the thing. I see the importance now. It's, it's why we go to, it's why we're going to Fish Street. I see the importance now. One soul is important to God. Does you guys agree, right? One soul is important to God. Yeah. You know, leave the ninety. You know, leave the ninety-nine to go after the one. Is is that should that not be our our our, our motto? Should that not be that you know? Hey, I know that these are saved. I've got to go after the one. I've got to make the one count. I've got to, I've got to say you know I got I got to make this happen. But even as that rose up from within. Nehemiah brought people together and see this is why I have hope because even right now people want to talk about the church they want to blast well you know churches are against church I, I have a hope I have a hope and I have a hope and a future in seeing that before Jesus Christ comes and before he's before he returns we're going to see revival we're going to see God's people mobilized and moved into action amen and that's what I believe so I have a hope as he brought them together they all come together in agreement and they continued to build they continued to build. And what would be a miracle? They completed the building of the walls in 52 days. You, I want you to understand something. This is no small city. It's not like our church. You understand? It's, <laughs> I don't have the measurements, but it's not like building a wall. You can't build a wall around this church in 52 days in the natural. It was supernatural. And they brought it to completion. And they did it in 52 days. Was God with them? Yeah, he was with them. Was there discouragement? Yeah, there was discouragement. And you have to hear that today. God is with you, and God is for you. Amen. He is with you. He is for you. He is right there beside you. He's not, the Bible says he's not going to leave you or forsake you. You know, I believe his word. God is for the church. 
It's, it's why I'm not, I'm, not you know, I'm not discouraged with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it's interesting because I was shown a church in Morgantown last week to a group of people, and about 15 or 20 of them come up. And they walk through the church, nice, nice people. And, you know, and, and, and like, they're, they're a different denomination. I, 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 you know, it was like, it, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, I understand, it's not a big deal. And the pastor, you know, he looked at me and said, you know, he's in the church, and he's got his people in there, and he's like, he said, you know, in the first, you know what he said? In the first thing, one of the first things out of his mouth as, as they were, as they had come together as a group, he said, we should pray. And I thought, I like this guy. I like this guy. They're in our building holding a prayer meeting. And you know what I did? I just raised my hands. And I thank God. I, you know, that, that's, see, I, we're, we've got to be for the body of Christ. We've got, you know, listen, there, there's enough bashing. There's enough of whatever going on right now. We've got to be for the body of Christ. Amen? So, you know, he prayed. I'm telling you, like, the Holy Spirit showed up. You know, there, there's older people there. There's younger people there. You know, there, there's, you know, there's guys, you know, just praying. It didn't go long, but the, but the Holy Spirit showed up. I thought, man, that was good. I looked at the pastor and said, I like you guys. You guys, are, you guys are all right. He said, well, thank you, pastor. He said, I, you know, it's a, we're praying about it. We like it. You know, we're going to meet. We're going to continue to pray. And, you know, the other thing out of his mouth, we're going to pray and fast for a couple days. Whew. We'll get an answer from God. Are you willing? See, that's the thing. Are you willing to go to a place with God? <laughs> Esther fasted for three days, saved a whole nation. Prayed, prayed and fasted, called a fast. The animals didn't eat. You know? I'm telling you, there's, there's, a, there's a weapon that we have. It's called prayer. It's called fasting. You want to shake things loose in your life? I'm, I'm telling you, it's a real weapon. I know I'm throwing a little different things out here today with you, but man, it, and, and maybe you hear this stuff from us, but understand how important these things are right now. You know, and if you come away and you say, well, I'm just not seeing it happen, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Repeat. Repeat. This, is a, this, is, this repeats itself in so many places. The story of Nehemiah is, is, is like the same thing today for the church. What, you know, and I, I'm contending to build the walls of America. We're contending as a church to build the walls of America. And you know what? I'm praying for families because I know that the enemy wants to take out families. Anybody with me? The enemy wants to take out families. He wants, to take out, he wants to pull the dads out of a home. He wants to separate the father from the home. That, you, you know the, we know the playbook. I mean, I, you know, I'm praying for you know, fathers that are absent. Father, speak to them right now. Mobilize the men. Amen. Mobilize the men in our, in, in our region that they won't be weak. They won't, they won't be found without faith. When you return, God, mobilize the men. Move on the men. Nehemiah chapter 6, 15, it says, So on October 2nd, which is a significant date, the wall was finished just 52 days after it had begun. When our enemies, saying, go ahead and come to the keyboard, and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and they were humiliated. They realized the work had been done with the help of our God. You know, what I love about what Nehemiah says here, 
my enemies were terrified because the completion of the wall had taken, had taken form. I'm telling you, the, you can push the enemy back. You know, out of your own life. The, the enemy will run. You, you under, please understand, you have a real authority in Jesus Christ. You know, these walls, and I think in a, you know, in, a, in a physical, they represent one thing, but in a spiritual, it's the same thing in our home. It's, it's the walls of our home. That we have to have the walls protected and built up. So you know what? We can put the enemy aside. We can, we can, the, the things of the enemy have to, have to run and flee. Because you know what? Because my walls, my protection is set in place for my family.